So, are you completely and utterly fed up with these dudes? to love ourselves unconditionally and start our love lives over from a clean slate every damn day. I'm Candace Harper, relationship coach and hypnotherapist, and I help powerful, perfectionistic people overcome loneliness and create meaningful, intimate connections. This is a mature conversation for powerful people who want to have their best love life possible, whether single or coupled. Stick with me and learn why loneliness isn't contingent on whether or not you have a partner and how it can be cured from the inside out. Also, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may be watching or listening. All right, you ready? Let's do this. All right, today's topic is when you are too fed up to go on. When you are too damn fed up with these dudes out here, I'm talking to my daters of dudes when you just don't want to go on anymore, you're done with it. I've been there. I've been there many, many times. And of course, you know, I always uh, run into a TikTok. And so I have another beautiful creator. She calls herself at Shades of Lynn. And I am going to play for you her TikTok. I have literally come to the conclusion that I am so terrified of dating. I don't want to date. I don't get married. I don't do anything. Men are lying, cheating. You can't express yourself or you're arguing. What's the point? What is the point? I'm at the point where I'm over it. Why? Why? to know you you get to know me just for you to do what cheat just for you to not text or call just for you to not pay attention just for you to not communicate why and then not only that it literally messes with your mental when you're trying so hard to get better and to heal and you fall in love and you get hurt and you want to do it again. You're tired. For what? What is the point? And I feel like if I get into another relationship <laughs> and it doesn't work out, what? What? What is? What is the point? What's the point? I'm so tired and I'm so sick over it. So there's a couple things that she said in this TikTok that I think really resonate with a lot of us. I definitely resonate. Um, you know, in my past dating life with some of the things that she said, 
And I know a whole lot of my clients do. I know a whole lot of people out there really resonate with some of the things that she said. And one of the first things she said is that she's at the point where she is terrified of dating. I mean, terrified is a very strong word. You know that you are at your wit's end when you're in full terror, <laughs> right? And no wonder, I mean, when we've been hurt over and over again, when we're struggling through our love lives and we're going through you know, cycles of abuse or cycles of dysfunction, and being disappointed over and over again. I mean, terrification is exactly what happens to us. Who wouldn't be afraid after a, you know, a number of traumas? Even one good trauma, a good heartbreak is enough to make you afraid to continue to date. And so she says she's terrified of dating, doesn't want to get married, doesn't want to do anything, which, you know, I know just because she's making the video that it's not true that she doesn't want to do those things. She's just afraid to do those things, and that's the way that she's expressing it. If she didn't want to, it wouldn't be a it'd be a non-issue. She wouldn't be making a video about it. She says men are lying, cheating, you can't express yourself or you're arguing. So she's going through, you know, the experiences that she's been having with these men. And so, you know, when we're in a place of attracting people that aren't right for us, or when we're going through that cycle of like one after another where it's not working, it does start to feel like, you know, this is what's going on with men right now. This is what's going on with the people that I date right now, right? And, and she says, what's the point? I'm over it. She's done with it. So I looked at her, her um, account, some of her other videos, and she's definitely someone who's, you know, she's young, she's on a growth journey, and she is all about growing and improving herself and taking responsibility, you know, for her experience and all that stuff. And those of us who are, are often on that journey can so easily fall into the trap of self-blame, like, you know, if something's wrong with me, I, you know, it's, it's what am I doing? And I don't get a sense that she's doing that part which is good, but there's that fine line between how do I take responsibility for my experience and change it and you know, be able to recognize it and how do I make sure that I'm not um, devaluing myself for having experienced it. First of all, it's a much needed experience. And I commented on her video that it is, is the stop, that fed up with the BS place that she's in is just a stop on your way to ease and love. It's just a, a, what do they call it, a waylay. It's a moment in time. It's a part of your journey. It's a, it's a stop on the journey towards ease and love. You gotta get to a point where if you've had you know, dysfunctional relationships or if you grew up in, you know, witnessing dysfunctional relationships, we all have to get to that point where I'm not doing this anymore. Enough is enough. We get to that point where I'm, I'm terrified of it, I hate it, this is horrible, this is not what I want, this is not working out, because it's in that place of getting so clear about what you don't want and being so done with attracting what you don't want, engaging with what you don't want, focusing on what you don't want. It's from that place that we get to rise like the phoenix from the ashes into what we do want, right? And so that is what we're going to talk about today. How do we do that? The rising from the ashes. What do I do now when I'm in that place? Well, I will tell you that for me, I got to that point. And here's the thing, it's, you know, it's different for everybody. I got to the point where that was no longer good enough and I was so fed up. And what I realized is that there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do about it, right? It's, it's I have to feel my feelings about it. I gotta let everything process and move through me. I gotta be where I'm at. I gotta just, you know, be where I'm at. Oftentimes we think, oh, I'm feeling negative feelings. I gotta hurry up and fix it. You know, what, what diagnosis do I need to get? What medication do I need to take? What do I need to drink, eat? 
You know, how do I placate myself? Like, what do I do? What do I do? So that the very first thing to do when we're in that state of so fed up is to just let go that I need to do anything. There's nothing to do. Like for this particular TikTok creator, she's sitting in a place where she just needs to sit in it for a minute. Sometimes you just need to sit in the shit. Just sit in it, feel it, process it, cry your tears over it, let it go, release it, just allow it, allow it to move through you, allow all those feelings to move through you with the resolve that nothing that you experienced before has to happen again. Nothing that you engaged with before has to be the case anymore. Like you're not, it's not a death sentence that you've dealt with people who didn't work. It's not a, a, you know, this is your only path. This is all that's ever gonna happen to you, that there's no hope for anything ever being different. It, there's no finality to it. It's just what you've experienced so far. So when I'm willing to look at what I've experienced so far, I also get a chance to look at how can I take responsibility for experiencing something different, right? So I'm so, as soon as I'm able to do that, then I'm able to heal some things, you know, take some actions, change some beliefs, do some shifting, and, and invite something brand new into my life. So, you know, for myself, when I went through this experience, you know, it was at the end of a very abusive relationship. It was almost like the finality, the finale relationship. It was like my rock bottom where, you know, and it had to get bad enough for me to say, there's something here that I'm not giving myself, something that I'm not doing that is bringing these things into my life. It had to get bad enough for me to stop and say, this doesn't have to be like this. <laughs> and luckily I had experienced something different in the past, like earlier, younger, I had experienced what it was like to be with someone who was, was good for me in a lot of ways, someone who treated me well and treated me with respect. And the reason we didn't work out wasn't because of, of um, abuse or dysfunction or anything like that. We just had different trajectories as far as our lives were concerned. So luckily I had that inkling, that understanding of knowing that it is possible to be with people romantically that treat you well. And somewhere along the path, I lost my way. As I was you know, uh, going through my adulthood and my dating life, that original person, I was with them for 13 years and that was very heartbreaking for me. And so I kind of veered into a different different direction once that relationship broke down when we realized that we weren't on the same uh, trajectory, the same track as far as what we wanted for our lives and what we expected in our lives was going to be so different and neither one of us could adapt with the other. You know, there was a lot of heartbreak and disappointment around that at a young age. Not that young. I mean, I was in my early 30s. There's a lot of heartbreak and disappointment around that and, and things just sort of veered, veered left or I veered things left, I should say, if I take responsibility for it. And so my sort of framing of how I show up in relationships and what's possible in relationships kind of was, you know, all over the place. And so I had no clarity about what would be good for me or no real understanding about what would really be good for me because I had a story that I'd already lost the best possible thing for me and that there wouldn't be that again. Oftentimes we think, like I was saying earlier, that what's final is final. And if something happens, there's no chance for anything else. Right, so whatever we're experiencing now, once it's over, that's it. We'll never have anything that, that compares or is better, like, you know, that it's terminal situation. So I think I walked away from that relationship feeling like I'm never gonna find that again. And so things just kind of veered in a direction where I would date people who just weren't good for me. 
I didn't have a good relationship with myself. I had no clarity. I had no clarity around who I was as a person. I just knew that I loved working and I loved my career and I loved living in New York City and I loved being, you know, glamorous and social and, you know, being active and doing all kinds of social things. I, I just was, you know, sort of directionless with all of that. I'd go to the next job. If I didn't like this job, I'd just go to the next job and, you know, just kind of uh, living my life. I have no regrets about it, but no real understanding of clarity around what I would need if I were to partner with someone. No real thought given to that and no real understanding around things like my core values, what's really important to me. You know, the things that do decipher for us whether somebody belongs in our life or not. I didn't, I was just like, oh, if you're hot, you're good looking, you're tall. If you, you know, check all of those external boxes, then let's give it a try and see where it goes. That's kind of was my framing for dating and relationships for a long time. Until I got to the point where enough was enough where I'm dating these people, I'm trying to um, fit into their lives or have them fit into my life, trying to make it work, trying to heal a, a, an old story, an old emotional abandonment story that I had around my father, not even knowing it, just really trying to uh, make things fit, trying to make the, the square peg fit into the round hole, like just, you know, with, with different relationships all along, until I got to a point where it was so painful and the relationship itself was so abusive, not just him towards me, me towards him as well. Like it just was a bad relationship. I had to walk away in a full state of fed up, like rock bottom, this is it. And I remember being at the point where this sister is who's on the TikTok video and feeling like I'm afraid to open up to anybody. I'm afraid to ever have another intimate relationship with anybody. I'm afraid to go down that road. I don't wanna date anybody. And I did purposely take I'd say a solid three years of no dating. I, you know, I might've gone on a, a couple of casual dates just to go out to dinner and hang out or whatever, social dates, no sex, no relationships, no entanglements, no you know, getting into anything with anybody, anything romantic with anybody, not taking anybody serious in that way, like just a refusal to do that while I was in that state of being terrified and just allowing myself to do that, to just be purposefully alone for a while get to know myself, get to understand what's important to me, to grow myself a little bit, to get out of that space of fear and terror and into an understanding that I could trust myself. Because often we think our trust issues are because we don't trust anybody else, but really it's we don't trust ourselves, which is why we attract these people that need to be fixed because we can control them. We attract these people that need so much they need our, for us to chase after them. They need for us to work for them. We, they need for us to um, you know, uh, carry the relationship as far as staying in contact and things like that. The reason we attract that when we have trust issues is because we don't trust ourselves to be able to um, emotionally submit to anyone. And when we're dealing with someone, you know, someone who's a fuckboy or someone who is, is not together, then we get to, to exercise control or at least tell ourselves that we're exercising control. It makes sense for us to be controlling, to try to do things and be things that are good enough for them to like us, to wear enough hair and makeup, to you know, go out of our way, to, to um, over-function in the relationship in the hopes that they'll, they'll see our value and trying to force them to see our value. And it's a very, you know, it's like a catch-22. It's, you know, one thing affects the other and it's very conflicting within our minds. It's cognitive dissonance. We think one thing, we think we want one thing, but our behavior is completely different than what we want going off on a tangent. Anyway, so let's talk about 
what do we do now? What do you do now when you're at this point? So like I said, when I was at the point of being completely fed up, enough was enough, I chose to be single. I was like, this is it. I just need to be single for a while. I let go of any idea that anything's terminal. It's not, I have to be single forever. I just said to myself, let's just be single right now, right? And probably with the caveat that if anything came along that felt like ease or that I didn't have to work for, then I might have been open. Or anything came along that felt like it was, um, you know, healing or supportive to my being alone, supportive to my um, healing myself and taking care of myself. And I know that sounds weird. If it's a relationship, how that's supportive of you being alone. I, you know, the, the state of being alone, the state of being good with myself. So if I were to date anybody during that time, they would have had to have been comfortable with that, that alone time and that I'm in that growth stage and not be pushy about my time, not be demanding a relationship, but be kind of, you know, willing to go with the flow, right? See how it goes moment by moment. So first thing that I did, and I didn't do the, these things from a place of already having the knowledge. I just, as I decided not to date anybody, I just decided to be in exploration around what, what that needs to look like, just being with myself. And so what happened when I made that decision, the universe just tossed things at me. You know, women's healing circle over here, or you know, a, a transformation um, a place over here, or a book that I might pick up and read, and you know, learn that thing was uh, Byron Katie's Loving What Is was one of the first books that I read during that. Well, no, I, I read that book long before that. Whatever. You know, a, a good book to read would come along or, you know, something that just would give, you know, buoy my spirits a little bit, give me support in this journey of aloneness, this journey of getting to know myself. So in that time, I got to get clear about the wounds that I really needed to heal. And I got to get clear that they weren't just these people in the immediate. They weren't these, you know, few guys that I dated before that abusive relationship or that abusive relationship, I needed to heal, you know, because when it's hysterical, it's historical, they say. I needed to heal stuff that was way back there. You know, emotional abandonment stuff with my both my mother and my father. Um, you know, the stories that I told myself around watching what their relationship was like, like way back when I was a kid. I had to heal stuff from way back when I was a kid. But I had to get clear that that's what it was. And so often we think that it is the people that we're dating, but in essence, it, it's that we're attracting those people because what we're trying to do is heal that old story. So for a lot of us, myself most definitely, my needing to show how valuable I was to people had everything to do with emotional abandonment of my father. And I've talked about this before. My father's a great guy. There's nothing wrong with him. I got no resentments. I've forgiven him. I love him to pieces. But he only knew what he knew to do, right? And most parents, they only know what they know to do. Sometimes they don't know so much and that's okay. But you gotta get aware of it. You gotta be willing to admit it and talk about it so that you can heal it for yourself. So that you're not walking around like, well, you know, when I was five years old, he just didn't love me anymore. Never, like hardly ever spoke to me again unless I was in trouble. So I could walk around with a resentment for him and then trying to get every partner, every lover that I have to try to heal that, which I did do that for a moment, or I could just get aware of that, forgive him for that, for not knowing any better than to do that, 
do the work that needs to be done. And sometimes our traumas, they need even, you know, they need very deep, deep healing. I'm not trying to pretend like, oh, as soon as you know it, it's no big deal, just get over it. Different traumas need different levels of healing, right? And I still find myself having to check myself where I'm going back into my default setting of trying to heal emotional abandonment, right? Trying to make sure that I'm good enough that someone doesn't abandon me emotionally or walk away from me emotionally. And out of that, that belief, that thinking, a lot of behaviors that are very detrimental to a relationship can show up, right? That desperate need for them to call every day, that desperate need for them to you know, value you or appreciate what you do, that, you know, that can show up as buying them things or you know, trying to wipe them up when they haven't even said, let you be my girlfriend. <laughs> All of that stuff comes from, look how valuable I am, look how great I am, can't you see what a catch I am? Why haven't you picked me yet? You need to pick me, you have to pick me. That's just trying to heal that old abandonment story. Right, and whether it's with the father or with the mother, there's a story somewhere that somebody who was supposed to love me did not love me. And whether they were physically in my space not loving me or they actually left me, it's still, it's still that feeling of now I gotta make sure that I'm good enough so that doesn't happen to me anymore. And that's how we perpetuate that exact experience over and over again, trying to force that. But no one's gonna leave me again. No one's gonna hurt me again. So I gotta be in control. I gotta be everything they would want. I gotta be better. That's why women often compete with each other. I gotta be better than every other woman. I gotta be as pretty as I can be. I, I gotta you know, make sure that I'm everything they would want. Like that, that psychology, that thinking is what gets us into that cycle of hurt because it's impossible. It's impossible to have your romantic partner, anybody that you date to heal that old story. And so what we often do is we attract people who their story aligns with our story. So if I have an abandonment story, they probably have some level of an abandonment story as well. And um, you know we just play out sort of our dysfunction together and it happens over and over again, right? Even in early stages of dating, when people ghost each other, it has to do with the historical story. Like it's old stuff that says, you know, I don't value myself enough to know that me walking away from you would make a difference. And I definitely don't value you enough to make sure to communicate with you what my limits are, what's not gonna work. Because I don't wanna do any hard conversations, I'm dealing with my trauma, I'm dealing with my pain, whatever. You know how I digress. First thing to do, get clear on the wounds that you really wanna heal, get clear on what's really going on. It's, you know, whether it's reading books, getting a coach, joining a women's healing circle, going to transformational classes, Get focused on it, get aware of it, start to learn about yourself, start to learn like what really went on. You know, that's why I also do hypnotherapy. I'm a hypnotherapist because it helps people get really crystal clear about where all that crap came from so we can eradicate it, right? We do what's called a regression. You go back, back in time, back into your history so that we can clean all that stuff out and then you can start all over. Like you can figure out who you are and start all over, right? So there's that. Number two, the next step in the process of healing, when you're in the process of healing those wounds, as you start to evolve from all that past pain, you get to know who you really are. Like once we're willing to let go of the identity of our pain, right? When I stop being the girl whose father left, when I stop being the girl whose mother was crazy, when I stop being the girl who, um, you know, and I remember years ago I was on the Bill Cunningham show and there was a guest and she, you know, I used to come in at the end as the relationship expert. 
and she was talking about her drug-addicted mother and everything that she'd gone through and the things that she gave up as far as her dreams and what she didn't have based on all of those things. And all of those things were valid. But now here she was, 25 years old, and my question to her was, if you were not the girl with the drug addict mother, who would you be? Right? We always want to ask ourselves, if I'm not this person who experienced this trauma, who would I be? Right? Because who, who would I be? There's your answer for who I want to be. Right? And when we allow ourselves to take responsibility for how we're being who we want to be, the old trauma doesn't have to run the show anymore. The old pain doesn't have to run the show anymore. Right? So I get really clear about like what's important to me, what, you know, what makes me feel purposeful, what my purpose is. I know some people are anti-purpose, but that having a North Star of why I do what I do can move all that old stuff out of the way because then I get to develop a whole new identity. If I know that my reason for being is bigger than I am, I get to identify myself as being something bigger than the girl who has shitty relationships. Right? I get to identify myself as a powerful woman who is a contribution to my community. I help you know, children get off the streets, and homeless teenagers get off the streets. I help um, you know, women have access to reproductive rights. I help women heal from domestic violence. You know, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be some grand lofty you know, purpose or vision, but the more connected to why I do what I do that we get, and the more committed we get to why we do what we do, who we are, and what's important to us, the more we have a guide for who we want to be and who we want to be with, right? And the trauma doesn't have to run the show. I don't have to be that old identity anymore. I don't have to be hurt girl anymore. I could be, you know, wealthy philanthropist who builds a foundation when I'm not identifying myself as, you know, the girl who, whose parents didn't treat her right or didn't raise her right. Right, so that's the, the next step when I'm going, you know, when I'm healing from my fed up with, with fuckboys state. Right, so then the third one is recognizing that letting go of the victim story and taking responsibility for getting in alignment with our core, core values will make us a fuckboy repellent, which I kind of talked about that a little bit. It will make you immune to the emotionally unavailable. It will make you impervious to the painfully insecure. When you know who you are and you're solid in who you are, you're no longer that old identity of being hurt. You know who you are, you know what you're about. When you're in that place, you become impervious to the people that don't align with that place. And the people that don't align with that place are people who are not interested in seeing your value. They only care about what you can do for them as far as, you know, whether it's they just want to have sex or, you know, you're the chick on the side until the one that they really love comes along or, um, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're doing to, to keep them is something they're just going to take advantage of until they don't care about it anymore. You no longer invite that sort of energy because when we're aligned, when we're aligned with ourselves and we've let go of that victim story, they just, they can't stay. Like people who are out of alignment with themselves 
can't be with people who are in alignment with themselves for very long because what happens is they either try to be on that train and they can't maintain it because they don't have their own sort of purpose and vision and core values structured. So they're basically either just following you, which is rare that it's a, you know men following women. It, well, that's not true. Let me take that back because it can happen both ways. But you know that getting in alignment makes it so that you are so self-possessed that you're not waiting around for anybody to call. Like you let go of the minutia and you let life naturally take its course. You're engaged in what's important to you and that's gonna naturally have you have the availability and unavailability, you know, logistically as far as time is concerned. And, you know, it's also gonna, gonna increase your value as far as being a partner in a relationship because you will have things to contribute to the relationship, you know, thoughts and ideas and, and stories and, you know, being a well-rounded human. And someone who doesn't have those things, they just, they can't stay for it. They just can't keep up with it. And they'll usually just drift away on their own. And you'll be able to spot that in someone right away when you're dating. When you're someone who's so peaceful with yourself, it is so easy to, to spot somebody who's not. It's so evident, it's so obvious. And even sometimes if someone's really good, you know, like I did date somebody recently who for a few months, they were really good at the love bombing. They were really good at, at a show of really getting to a place that made them workable in a relationship. But what I noticed is that they weren't there. They wanted to be there, but they just weren't there. And who knows when they're gonna get there. But, and, I, and I made a decision for myself that I don't want to wait and see when they're going to get there because that's part of my old paradigm. And that's the thing. When you get al aligned with yourself, you do get very adept at understanding that there's no time to be waiting for someone to get to a place where you want them to get to. Because then you end up putting yourself in a position of fixing, criticizing, trying to make it work, trying to force all of those things. And there's no time for that. The person that is for you is the person that is for you. You grow together. There's ease. It's so easy <laughs> when you're dealing with someone who is for you. It's so much easier. And when you are in alignment with yourself, it's so easy to just recognize when they're not for you and to let them go, to not be in a state of wrenching heartbreak as if something is wrong because this person is not for me. That's one thing we want to get clear about. Someone not being for you is not wrong. It's not wrong. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to get to an understanding that someone doesn't belong with you. I was watching another TikTok where a woman, she calls herself dating in the Midwest, and she was talking about how the guy she's been dealing with five or six months, not only is he saying he's not ready to meet her friends because he's not sure where the relationship is going, but he also doesn't support her sobriety. She's been sober for a while. So sobriety is a core value when you're an addict. Right? So, and he doesn't support that. And my comment on her video was, it's done. He's not it. He's not your person. And we got to let that be okay. We got to let that be okay because someone who doesn't support something that is life-sustaining for you does not care about you. And to engage with that on any level, you can make a million excuses for them, doesn't matter. Whatever their reasons are, they might have their own trauma that makes them feel that way, doesn't matter. They may change their mind and start feeling differently, but not while you're trying to make it work with them, while you're settling for someone who doesn't understand how to align with you and someone who doesn't support your core values, right? And it's not that you need someone to agree with the way that you feel all the time. It's not that you need someone to validate who you are all the time, because you're, if you're enough peaceful with yourself, you don't need a validation 
but you also don't need anybody who's going to try to counter it right compatibility is somebody who even when they don't agree with you they support who you are right they're cool with who you are there's no you know trying to change you there's no arguing you down you know trying to make you be different trying to fight it there's no resistance to who you are as a person right somebody who who brings ease into your life and i'm going to talk about that more in a minute so number four start making the uncomfortable comfortable and I know that sounds weird, like I don't want to make things that are uncomfortable, comfortable. But what happens is when we're, we're struggling relationship after relationship, we're actually comfortable with that, right? Until we get hit rock bottom and get fed up. I know for myself, dating, you know, one fuckboy after another, I was comfortable with that because I, I was trying to heal my old story and not trusting, not trusting myself, trying to be in control. And they made it so that I could give myself the, the falsehood that I'm in control, that I'm running the relationship, that I'm you know, making sure that things continue to go on, that I'm showing up good enough, that they'll give me attention when, when I want it. And there's a certain addiction in that, right? When you're dealing with somebody who doesn't know how to give you the proper attention or you know, flow with being with you and just spend time with you and make sure they spend time with you, where you're the one who has to like call them and then you don't hear from them for a month, two months or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, what's up? There's a certain addiction for someone who hasn't healed those old wounds that says, oh, oh, worthy, worthy. I'm feeling worthy again until you drop me again. And then I go back to feeling devalued. I go back to what's, you know, the default setting, what's inherent in me. And then I get to climb my way back up. It's like people who cut themselves. It's like I get to be wounded and then I get to heal it back up. Then I get to be wounded again. It's it's addictive cycle. So start making the uncomfortable comfortable. So I'm uncomfortable with somebody who just is kind and sweet and wants to take me out on dates and doesn't give me a hard time as far as being in touch. You know, they don't they don't have to call me every hour, but they make sure to to have a comfortable flow of you know how you doing what's going on what are you up to let's get together would you like to hang out this weekend getting to know you spending time with you not love bombing they don't have to be complimenting you every hour bringing you flowers all because if you need all of that stuff there's dysfunction going on in the relationship and if somebody's doing all that stuff they're up to something right where it's flowers constantly you're so beautiful you're so amazing i need you to do i want to be with you every moment let's spend every moment together now a lot of times when we're young we we fall into those kinds of relationships there's nothing wrong with that those relationships usually aren't sustainable it's okay it's you know it's a good time it's fun especially when you're young you know when you're in each other's faces every moment and you need all of that because you don't you know you're not really aligned with any grand purpose or anything when you're in you know 20 21 years old some people are but at that age, that's fine. But as adults, as grown people who've been through some things and had some relationships, you know that if somebody's going out of their way to be all everything to you, especially early on, it, there's something behind it. Doesn't mean that there's some horrible, dastardly person, but there's either an insecurity, there's some sort of you know, psychological pathology going on, or you know, you're dealing with someone who's just trying to, to groom you to for them to control you, right? So then when you're someone who needs, if you're not giving me constant attention, then you don't like me. If you're not calling me every single day, then you don't like me. You know, you wanna look at that. How am I not just in alignment with myself and what I need to do? Make the uncomfortable comfortable. So I am now comfortable with slowly getting to know someone, 
spending time with them as it naturally, organically comes up, going on fun dates, getting to know each other. We don't have to jump into bed. Although I'm a sexual person, there's no need to, to you know, be naked with somebody right away in order to make sure they know that the pussy is good and that I'm fantastic and you know that I'm valuable, that I'm worthy because that never works anyway. There's a whole lot of good pussy out there, right? So it, it, for me, it, at first it was uncomfortable to just be comfortable with getting to know someone, right? Just be comfortable with how a relationship can build over time. Now, like I said, if I go back years ago, I was comfortable with that. That was before all of my, you know, historical shit showed up. And I remembered what that felt like to do that, to be in that state. So now, later on in my adulthood, luckily I get to remember what that felt like. But if you've never experienced that, it is anxiety free. It is depression free. It is um, peaceful. Right? It's joy, it is ease, it's excitement to see that person. Not because, thank God, they actually like me, <laughs> but because you actually like them, which is a very different thing. It's um, sexual arousal for that person because you feel safe. You know that they're there because they actually like you. You, right? you actually like who they are. You're not trying to make them like you. And it's such a difference. <laughs> it's where all the joy, all the ease is, right? So you want to start making that kind of thing comfortable. Someone who actually likes you and shows up. And, you know, I go back to this TikTok creator and she's a beautiful woman. She's only about 30 or 31. So I'm positive that, you know, in her dating experiences, there have been men who genuinely liked her. And I'm guessing, I don't, you know, I haven't sat down to talk to her, so I'm not analyzing or anything like that. But my guess is that there probably have been many who have approached her and just wanted to treat her well. But they probably were ones that she was uncomfortable with. Either the way they looked or just their approach was too, too easy, loving and respectful. You know, just not being able to be with that, or they showed some, some levels of consistency that she maybe is not used to. I'm just guessing. Like I said, she might, be, she might say, you don't even know what you're talking about, Candace. But that's what often happens when we're, you know, a woman in that kind of fed up, relationships are a struggle kind of place, right? We're not comfortable with the ease. We might say we are, we may think we are, but when it comes, we, wouldn't, we don't even know how to appreciate it, acknowledge it, be with it, or recognize it, right? And when we want something out of the relationship, we don't know how to just breathe and allow for it, right? Okay, so uh, try not to get too attached too quickly. Take the time to get, get, really get to know a person. This is how you make the un uncomfortable comfortable. Letting go of trying to be everything to someone because you like them. Just be 100% yourself. And a lot of times we're not comfortable with that. We got to get comfortable with that, with just being yourself. You know, like, yeah, we do a lot externally, hair, makeup, you know, clearly I'm all about that. I don't mind those kinds of things. But, you know, sometimes, and you see these um, people making transformations on TikTok where it's like they go from no makeup to makeup and you feel like you're looking at two completely different people, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with what you want to do to your outside, but you want to be really sure with yourself that when it comes to your romantic life, 
that you're giving way more of that that bared, you know, uncovered than you are the glamour, the the external enhanced beauty, right? There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But if you're giving all of those things in the hopes that they're gonna like you better, you gotta know that you're not giving 100% of yourself and they're liking something that is not sustainable, that is not really you, right? They're liking something that's not really you. And so just be aware of it. It doesn't mean stop wearing makeup. I'm not judging anybody for what they wanna do to themselves externally. But just you want to be aware of that. Someone you're getting involved with romantically, they need more of the pared down, dressed down, not no makeup, not trying so hard, being you know in your bathing suit and loving your body no matter what it looks like. They need more of that in order to really get to know you. And someone who rejects you after they get to know you in that way, it may feel like that hurts. But if they do, they're not the person for you. And the person for you is going to love all those real things about you. They will. you got to trust me on that. And that's how you know they're for you. Because they don't need you to have on the hair and makeup. They don't need you to, to um, you know, be all cinched up in a waist trainer. They don't need you to be perfect all the time. It's okay for you to just be yourself, right? Be your, your self-loving self. Who I am as I take care of myself. Right, And then the last for making uncomfortable comfortable, release trying to force an outcome or to make someone be what you want. Right, When we focus on, the, when we, what did I write? I gotta look at my notes. When we focus on having the most loving and accepted relationships with ourselves, like I was saying, we can relax and allow the flow. So rather than chasing, begging, primping, pleading, plucking, sucking, achieving, or pining away for it, all we gotta do is just be ourselves. Be yourself, engaged in what's important to you, allowing your most joyful, your most happiest side of you to come out because you are at peace. Allowing yourself to be at peace, already having the happiness, not hoping that the relationship is going to bring you the happiness. Because honey, if you ain't got it, it ain't bringing it. You may be happy for a moment. Oh, look at me. I finally got a man. And then pretty soon that unhealed default setting is going to come back up. Above all, the man for you, the man who is for you will make it so easy. He will make it so easy. You'll be in touch in a, in a reasonable amount. You won't be worried whether they like you or not. There'll be no questions about whether they like you or want to get to know you further. They, I mean, they, there just will be no question. They will make it easy for you. And then you just got to decide, do they align with who I am? Do I feel like this person aligns with what's important to me? Is this person, does this person embody what's important to me? Right? Keep it easy. And if they don't, it's okay. It just means that there's somebody else's person and it's okay. That's what dating is about. Are you my person? No. Are you my person? No. Are you my person? No. Are you my, oh, you're my, no, you're not my person. Oh, there you are. There you are, my person. Right? If we approach dating in that way, first of all, it would be so much more fun. It would be so much easier. Get peaceful with yourself and date like you're shopping. Every dress ain't for you. Every suit ain't for you. And that's it, my sweethearts. That's it for this week. I'm sure I got more, but you know what? We're going to have to save that till next week. So the moment we complete the healing it takes, it that it takes to no longer need to struggle, he will appear. 
complete the healing that it takes to no longer need to struggle and he will appear. And that's what I want you to go away with. If you want to work with me, bit.ly forward slash love life skills for leaders. This show just went way long. I've been trying to do shorter shows and you know, so much for that. I am uh, at Candy Love Coach on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me, Candace Harper Love Coach on YouTube. And that's it, my sweet loves. Tune in next week for another episode. And um, I keep talking about my se segment, Love Lyrics and Lies, but then I just keep running over time. So I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. I promise. At least maybe next week I'll sing a little bit. I didn't sing very much this week because I really wanted to get down to this topic. Um, but I think that's it. Until next time, keep being unapologetically lovable and give yourself grace. I love you so much, my sweethearts. Thank you for being here this week. Ah, oh, mm, I love you. Mwah, mwah, I love you. <laughs>